Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush, episode 36. I'm JR. I'm Molly. And these are um, slightly irreverent journeys. I had somebody tell me this week that they were raw, honest conversations about life, family, faith, and all of the good things. Marriage, parenting, kids. Kids. All of the things. And look at us being responsible, recording in the middle of the afternoon so we're not all tired. Yeah, while our kids are watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta do something to keep them occupied. Right? Uh, Speaking of TV, they're watching a new show on National Geographic called... It's it's a couple years old. Like It's been on... I think the first season aired a year ago. It's called Heartland Vet. Mm Mm-hmm. And I discovered it while JR was gone for a couple of days. And they are currently not watching it because even though it's just these really, really wholesome, it's this couple who are vets in Nebraska. And I went to college with a couple of people that I'm still friends with from Nebraska. So I have a warm spot in my heart for just the good, wholesome people in Nebraska, down to earth, hardworking. And these people just exemplify that. Um, this couple who his dad founded a veterinary service and now husband and wife are vets who are carrying that on. And so they're in, they're hoping that one they have two sons. They're hoping that one of their sons wants to be a vet and will be third generation vet to this little community. And it's after those, do you remember those big floods that hit Nebraska? Yes. So it's the, it's the spring, the first season starts as those floodwaters are receding, but the cows are like lung issues from all of the moisture and standing in wet fields and Mm -hmm. they're covered in ringworm and other things from standing in wet fields and so there's just there's a ton of health issues that animals all all the animals they see they do large animal they do small animal they just had a, a an owl that flew into a lady's front window and the lady called him. She put the owl in a little box wrapped in some... He, she apparently she tried to pick it up with some gloves and it latched onto her gloves. And so she just like wrapped it in a towel in a shoebox and took her hand out of the glove. And so the owl's still like clinging to the glove. And one of its eyes isn't working properly. And so they do x-rays to see if its neck is broken. And they give it pain meds. And they're working on getting it back. Aww. But they're just, you know, oh, it's so cute. I think it's the cutest animal I've ever seen. And anyway, so there's like nice, fun, wholesome stuff like that. So, and it's, Titus is totally fascinated. He loves animals. It's hitting a lot of cylinders for mm. him. The other two are liking it too, but they're not watching it currently because it's real life enough that I feel like I need to process it with them. <laughs> um, and why is that? Molly? Well, th- at the very least, we have now seen like literally <laughs> probably the second scene. So first scene is a bat is a herd of baby piglets. A herd? What's it? A litter of piglets. And they're not growing properly, and they several of them have diarrhea, so they're trying to figure out do they have parasites or what. Second scene, they're going... Second scene is an entire series. They're driving out to a cow who is sick from all of the flooding and stuff, and the farmer is standing there with her next to his tractor, and he's just, like, the most dowdy, down-to-earth, good old boy ever and the these vets are just so kind to him the cow is in distress though she can't stand up and she is lying on her calf in her belly the calf Mm. has not been born yet and they're like we need to euthanize the cow and get this calf out as soon as possible or you're going to lose them both the cow is a goner uh we need to get the calf out as soon as possible and so the farmer um covers her head with a towel the female vet draws an X on her forehead and you see the farmer getting his gun out of his tractor and then it pans up to the sky. You, you know, and Do you hear a gunshot. No, you don't. You don't hear the gunshot. You don't see like birds flying away or anything, but it's everything <laughs> but. And so, you know, I'm trying to explain to the kids, help them process this. Just now there was a, we watched another cow die. She had her calf and her entire uterus prolapsed. So her entire uterus is dragging on the ground behind her. And they shove it back and they clean it up. They shove it back inside her in this dirty barnyard and there's a storm coming. They take her temperature and she's severely hypothermic. 
they pick her up in the tractor, you know, in the bucket of the tractor, bring her in the barn. They're pumping warm fluids into her. They're doing all the things. And then she has a seizure and they're like, she's probably bleeding internally. Something ruptured when the uterus prolapsed. We need to put her down. So, you know, and Lily's like fingers in mouth and stuff. And so I'm like, I was like, you guys, I feel like you can't watch this without me. So we're going to turn on something a little bit more innocuous but there's other stuff wait you gotta get to the better stories (laughs) well so that's just that's why i mean that's why they're not watching it right now because you you never know what's gonna happen with real life because also how do these baby cows get made like vets have a lot to do with checking sperm counts of cows i actually i actually skipped that part of an episode because i was like i just i don't want to deal with this again because they bring in you know they're to their small animal clinic this this dog this guy brings in his two german short-haired pointers and they're beautiful dogs and then it turns out that they've brought them in for breeding like they want they've been tracking the females follicles or what follicles or whatever and so they know like this is it this is when she needs to breed and she's with a male who's never been bred but bred before he's never done the deed before successfully and so they bring them in they have this room it's a really nice clinic they have a room with windows at knee level and so they're looking through the window watching the dogs and the dogs are just playing together so they're like all right we got to help him out. So I didn't tell you this part because I was texting you this information. <laughs> the The wife who does most of the small animal parts, she um, she calls her husband in and she's like, so um, he needs some help. He likes long watches, walks on the beach. She gives him like a couple more like, like he likes jazz music and here's your collection cup. <laughs> The guy takes him to another room and the kids are like, what's he doing? And I'm like, um, and I can't really, I can't really formulate how to explain that he's jacking off a German shirt pointer. But then, so while I'm trying, like, um, 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 so he brings the collection cup out and they put it under the microscope and he's like, whoa, look at all those swimmers. (laughs) <laughs> the kids are like, are those puppies? <laughs> um, no, those are sperm. Oh. And then I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. This is a great opportunity. Don't get tongue-tied. This is a great opportunity. So I pause the show. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys. So remember how a girl has eggs in her and a boy has sperm? Well, <laughs> so we're recording in the middle of the day, you guys, and our two girls are watching through the window right now. So I have to be careful with my hand motions while Elise smashes her face against the window. So I'm like, all right, kids, take a deep uh. breath. A girl has sperm eggs in her, and a boy has sperm, and he puts his penis in her vagina and the sperm come out and meet up with an egg and in the case of a dog it's multiple eggs and multiple sperm and so um when they meet that's when they form one complete cell and it's a new whatever it is a new dog new human being or whatever and i'm like and titus is like can we push play again and i'm like yep we sure can at least goes do they have to do let me repeat that. Do they have to do it really hard? Oh, that hurts. Just play. <laughs> and then and then it was like <laughs> So we push play and I mean, I think they used like like a turkey baster for the girl dog. Like this is not they stick a turkey baster. <laughs> So they use a turkey baster uh, or something. I guess the German Shepherd is probably larger than most. German short-haired pointer. Yeah, okay. Um, so anyway. <laughs> um, <coughs> was it, he doing all this at the knee-high mirror? Oh, no, no, no. 
they they just like they it like they watched through the knee high mirror. The, he took the male dog into a separate room oh, and then okay. like like brought. Thought maybe that's all. That's her. all. But then it was like all you saw was a dog and the doctor doing his thing. <laughs> You just saw him go into the room. All I see are five legs. You What's see him on? go into the room, and then he comes out with a collection cup, Ow. and he goes into their oh. lab room and looks under the microscope. Oh. And then, anyway, I think. Oh, and then, what else? Would, what else would the kids like encounter on this show? It seems like the. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, so it's mostly. I mean, like it's animals, right. so there's a lot of sex, oh, and man. it's real life, so there's a fair amount of dying. Like this sweet late middle-aged couple brought their cat in who'd been losing weight and seemed jaundiced and she would like did all the tests she could and she's like i need to do exploratory surgery and so she goes in and she does exploratory surgery and the cat's insides are just riddled with cancer Mm. and so she she calls a couple and she's crying and she's like i i think the most humane thing to do is to not even wake the cat up like it's in such bad shape and we've tried to, you know, and now that we know what it is, there's no, there's no path back from this and the healing from the, the surgery would kill the cat. It's in such bad shape. So anyway, like, like our kids love animals and I actually feel like this show is really good to keep exposing them to death. Cause I mean, we've had animals die. I mean, not, I mean, a fair amount in the last couple of years. Death and sex. So all we need to do is show our kids, introduce our kids to taxes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we need to confiscate some of their money. Actually, we do oh. actually need to have our kids start tithing. Yeah. They're making enough money that they need to be introduced. That's not taxes. That's This money is not yours, first right. of all. It's God's. Um, that, so that's stewardship, not taxes, That which we do with joy and not resentment. Um Anyway, um, so that's the TV that we've been watching lately. How about you? What sort of TV have you been watching <laughs> lately? That. I finished The Man in High Castle, in the High Castle, finally. I liked how it ended. So that was fun. Uh, no, I'm releasing a new, a new, I released a new track, a new electronic track. That's it's not TV, dark. that's music. No, I know, I don't really watch TV. Well, you the Expanse, the I'm still watching too. The Expanse, but I'm a couple episodes behind. So how do you... Um, <clears throat> So how do you how do you recommend people teach their kids about sex? Well, I mean, if you have another parent sitting there, or a parent watching this with their kids, and they're like, uh, and the kids are having questions, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, to me, this is a great opportunity because our kids are old enough that they're actually for this kind of conversation. If you can get over the hilarity of do they have to do it hard, and <laughs> um. And the like, Titus is just getting to where that's uncomfortable. But there's a, there's a sweet spot age where you need to be giving kids that information. You need to be having those conversations. I just saw I follow the group Protect Young Eyes on Instagram, and they are recommending to parents to set the goal of having conversation ten conversations with their kids about pornography and inappropriate sexual things by the time they turn ten. So 10 conversations by the time your kid is 10 about these things and not to, and to use opportunistic moments like this. I mean, obviously I'm not going to talk about pornography from this, but the very simple, like, you know, so we've gone through that program birds and bees with this sweet Texan lady named Mary Flo. Um, And they're, they're all about using the world around you, even plants, um, have an egg and the egg grows into new life and it's very basic biology so i do actually highly recommend that that the birds and bees we went through it as a sunday school class right before everything got shut down very very accessible it's not a program so you can go follow up and buy books to read with your kids and i've i have we have the god's design for sex book series that we worked through our kids Canavox, the organization that I work with, also has a little booklet called Tips for Talking with Your Kids About Sex that is divided into here's here's what you should aim for and what's appropriate in these ages. Uh, it has like early elementary, middle elementary, or middle school, and then higher up. But it's broken down into what's appropriate at this age. And what's interesting about um, 
particular are girls his age is not necessarily Titus is me well he's still at that age where if you're not embarrassed about the physics the actual mechanics of how is that dog making puppies or how you know why is he the male vet sticking his arm all the way down that female cow um you know he's checking for things he actually had this cool like vr <clears throat> headphone like goggles and he was holding a scope in his hand and like stuck it in the cow like all the way down oh, the cow cool. to see and he could somehow tell like it must have a light on it or something because he's mm. looking at things through these goggles he's that's wearing. crazy it's pretty cool but so so um, I guess what I'm trying to say when I keep getting distracted is it's not sensual for them until they go through puberty and they start having all those hormones that give them sexual desires. It's not a sensual thing. It's pure mechanics. It's information about their bodies that's information. And so you could look at a book about your body and just point out body parts and telling them this is how a baby is made. If I'm not weird and ooey that babies come out of mom's vaginas, they're not they don't really have a reason right. to be either. They do know and they or they should know that these are private parts and we don't show them to just anybody. And if somebody wants to see them or talk about them with us, that that's inappropriate and we should talk to mom or dad about it. But the fact that you know, all four of you guys came out by my vagina is getting weird and ooey to Titus, which is okay. But it's just pure information. And it's very interesting information. And one of the things I love about the birds and bees ladies is they, with their Godward focus, are like, always, oh, isn't it amazing how God made us? Isn't it amazing that in this whole circle of life, um, how God created this to continue and what the amazing things that our bodies can do. And those ladies are also all about technical terms. So you don't say that the baby's in mommy's tummy. You say the baby's in mommy's <coughs> uterus. And you don't say, I mean, we still talk about our bottoms, but. Hips. You know, you're, when you're when we're in judo hips. and I'm trying oh. to get kids to move their hips or sit on their bottoms or something, you know, it's just. Some mountain bike guy on YouTube was was using the word "get your hips back," and I thought actually mm. that that makes that's it's a good way to say it. Sitting so. on your hips would be weird, though. <clears throat> well, that general region. Yeah, I know. know. Like, I, right. Well, so, for judo, so it's like positioning. In, in, in a context like judo, it's differently than in our home, right? Where we're working on. I was just a random crafting tip a particular yeah. worldview and whatnot. <clears throat> so anyway, my biggest advice is. Take a deep breath when you have an opportunity, like a vet jacking off a German shorthead pointer, and then you see his little swimmers <laughs> on a slide. Just go for it. And but but here's the thing: what's so interesting? I, I was reflecting on this because last night, while you guys were at judo, I had Faith. I was trying to find something that Faith could watch so I could clean the kitchen, and she. I'm scanning through Netflix and I see a trolls. TV show that Netflix has produced and she's like, Poppy, I want to watch Poppy because two-year-olds are like that. You buy them a Poppy. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie, you buy her a Poppy Halloween costume and all of a sudden you have to buy all the things Poppy. So she has trolls, Poppy underwear and Poppy toys and Poppy books. And anyway, so we're watching the Poppy TV show and Poppy, the main character, is trying to set somebody up and I'm not really paying attention. And I look over, you can see what's coming, right? She set two guys up with each other on oh, the really? show. Mm. And I'm like, oh, like you just can't get away from it in our culture. And so I'm like, okay, this is a funny part of who I am now where I'm like, yes, let's go watch a vet ram his arm down a cow's vagina, but we're not going to watch Poppy. We can't watch the <laughs> Trolls TV show, you know, but, but I mean, as far as I know, like every kid's show that's being produced in the mainstream right now does that. Yeah. The really funny thing, where did I see this? It must've been a not the bee, which is that the Babylon bee now has a not the bee absurd news headline, uh, you know, Output outlet like mm -hmm. they you know they publish it on 
Facebook and Instagram, but I'm sure you could follow them just on their webpage too. So not the B. I'm pretty sure I saw it there. There are Reddit forums of people being like, have you heard of this TV show Veggie Tales that Netflix is producing? You know, I just had my kids, just like I had Faith just watching Poppy while I'm mindlessly doing other stuff, just turn it on assuming it was safe. They turn around and <laughs> how does, do you remember how Veggie Tales ends? It's something about God loves you. Like, it's very innocuous. And the funny thing is, like, we look at old school VeggieTales. There's a new school Netflix VeggieTales. Oh, is it really? I think so. Um, So there's an old school Netflix. And I think it's way more, like, we look at old school Netflix VeggieTales and it's it's moralistic therapeutic deism, right? Yeah. Um, Which is why Phil Vischer, the creator of it, has distanced himself from it now. But the the same the people who own the rights to it are producing probably more moralistic therapeutic deism. Okay. Like it's further down the spectrum than it was back That's in our super day. Super helpful. Well, apparently all these all these atheist parents on this atheist forum and Reddit are like ah! freaking out because they're just turning something cute on for their kids on Netflix. And all of a sudden, it's these daggum Christians who've snuck in. How's it feel some, there, Mr. Atheist? Right? Something about, um, you know, God loves you. Like, Sucks. You know, or praying or something. Right. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. It was, they were picking apart the old school cheeseburger song. Do you remember the old cheeseburger song? Where it's, it, it. I never okay, watched much so Veggie it's Tales. like Larry. After my time. I, this this song was after <clears throat> my time, but it's come up on YouTube for me since then. Since Faith is obsessed with her lips, and I mm-hmm. tried to find her the Larry the Cucumber lips song, like she just sits there and rubs ah, her lips yep. as a comfort thing. Um, so he wants a cheeseburger, and he goes to the drive-in, and he it's closed. He missed the closing time. If I remember correctly, somebody who knows this better than I am can call Jay. Somebody out there is singing cheeseburger right now. Yeah. Somebody out there can call JR and correct us because my memory of this is very faint. But if I recall correctly, he sits in the parking lot all night waiting for it to open in the morning because he wants his cheeseburger so badly. So somehow, somehow they're taking this as Christians sneaking in abstinence, like waiting for sex, sitting in really? a parking lot waiting for cheeseburgers. And Christians are like... As, Anyway, like the way the bee just picked us apart. They think vaginas are cheeseburgers? That's rude. (laughs) They're tacos. (laughs) Everybody knows that. (laughs) Sushi. (laughs) Is that a cheeseburger? I've heard roast beef. I'm going to have to put explicit on this episode again. (laughs) (laughs) They want it raw, right? You so, got it. Oh my goodness! So that's um, that's Veggie Tales oh. and TV shows. So anyway, I, I, they think they need to be on the watch for how Christians are sneaking stuff in. And it's like, do you guys have any idea how be. much more it goes in the other direction? Like, I'm trying to remember. I've seen a couple people lately posting on Facebook. Like, <clears throat> do you like the whole um? what's worse for our country is it critical race theory or is it christian nationalism or i think the tv show that i started for them is over Lily's okay. doing sign language for all done um is it you know so what's worse for our country and this whole like christian nationalism is running the church in america yada 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 and somebody pointed out like have you seen any articles in christianity today critical of critical race theory not a single one. Hmm. Not a single one. Now, critical of Christian nationalism. Oh, yeah. Really? All over the place. The problems of Trump. I haven't seen a Christianity Today really? in ages. But pretty much, the point was... That actually kind of surprises really, me. Really, almost all of the major, quote-unquote, Christian outlets for publishing these days, somebody critical of critical race theory. I mean, even what that screen grab I sent you last night of that right. gal 
who was trying to get on the Gospel Coalition, she's not a small-time figure. Like She has a lot of followers on Facebook. She's a contributor to a book now on the ills of critical race theory. So she's not like me submitting an article and being like, I think this is really special and important. <coughs> no, like but she fell prey to what you fell she's prey a to. Per- she did, but, but they probably wanted to edit it to be not as critical of critical race theory as she is, and I think rightly... So, you know, you look at someone like that who can't even get a platform at the Gospel Coalition, for sure couldn't get a platform at somewhere like right. Christianity Today. And, you know, the thing is, like, which one of these has grabbed hold of the souls, the hearts and minds of the American church? You know, it's this is another example of our cultural elites setting themselves up over and against the quote unquote rank and file. Where it's like, you know, anyway. We seem to have Christian cultural elites now, too. We do. Oh, for sure. We have Christian cultural elites. I mean, mean, to be one of the ones that kind of made my jaw drop is Russell Moore, the Baptist. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what his organization is called. But his thing in response to the January 6th insurrection, just in my humble opinion, dripped with condescension. Um. But that's just my, I mean, I saw people that I respect sharing it a lot, but it was just, there was very little empathy or understanding of what could have gotten someone, not to be part of the crowd breaking into the Capitol, but to be part of the crowd who was there trying to make their voice heard and feeling genuinely desperate well, that you guys, they if, were losing that voice if you guys listen to ep- the previous episode what did i say 35 um if you listen to the previous episode we talk about the response to some of the january 6th stuff and how it doesn't feel very christian the christian response pastoral. pastoral yeah i mean you know the we're all we're all good at mainstream like, christian response clocking people over the head with scripture but not so good at applying it to yeah. the heart anyway Speaking of scripture, Jesus. God in the Bible. Yes. And squirrels. Boom. Um, no, I just I, Sunday school. In my <laughs> an interesting point about that that I'm trying to process too. Um in my Bible reading, I'm now working my way through Proverbs as my daily Bible reading. And I appreciate that mine has broken it up. So we're reading the first and second Kings historical narrative and started reading Proverbs to go along with Solomon's coming to reign, but then we're continuing on and it's just a chapter a day. I find myself just, I can't even concentrate on them. There's so many. Mm. If I have to read multiple chapters of Proverbs at a time. So it's they all nice. Just start to, the same after yeah, a while. they do. So it's nice to just do one chapter and then it seems like, two or three or maybe four jump out at me that I can mull on during the day. Um, But I'm now getting into past the intro where he's now contrasting Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly and the adulterous woman. Like speaking of that, like, man, I don't want to have to process Proverbs with our kids either. Like this vet show is nothing (laughs) compared to the Bible in terms of processing, like, (laughs) you know, like what's a virgin? Like, you know, or Andrew Peterson's song, It Was Not a Silent Night from Behold the Lamb. But why was there blood on the ground? Like, well, that happens when you have a baby, which yeah. now they would know from watching yeah. the vet show. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, the, the book of Proverbs is so explicit about what the adulterous woman who is tempting the young man is like in what she tempts him to do. And the... <clears throat> This is my understanding of the book of Proverbs. The temptation to adultery, the experienced by the young man, is both literal and metaphorical. So a young the the father who is advising his younger son in Proverbs is saying, like, watch out for women who are going to seduce you. These are the sorts of things they will do, and it will ruin you. Your Her husband will come kill you. You will get physically sick. Like, there's, 
a huge number of problems that you will have if you actually commit adultery with another woman. But there's also a spiritual metaphorical level on every single one of those warnings that if you are seduced away from lady wisdom, from following the wise path, bad things will happen to you. You will, you know, so it's not just don't commit adultery. It's don't follow the path of being unwise. And this is what an unwise person does. And this is how an unwise person gets seduced into living an unwise life by this metaphorical figure named Lady Folly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. In contrast, I think it's Proverbs 7. There's a couple of different chapters where they contrast Lady Folly with Lady Wisdom. So follow, don't follow Lady Folly and be seduced into being adulterous with the unwise way of life. Follow Lady Wisdom and do what is right and good things will happen to you like if you are a married man and you stay faithful to your wife. So the whole book is this, well, the beginning of the book is this contrasting between Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. When you get to Proverbs 31, it's also a both and, which I think very, very few people in American evangelicalism think of it as anything other than, okay, a good, productive woman, wife, needs to be cleaning her house all the time and be industrious in business and do this and do this with her kids and do this. And then her husband will rise up and call her and her children will rise up and call her blessed. It's yes, that is the picture of a wise woman, but it's also a picture of a wise man because in my opinion, Proverbs 31 is not the Proverbs 31 woman. It is lady wisdom personified. Mm. And so it's, this is, it's a book, you know, it's not, Oh, that doesn't apply to women at all. It applies to women, but it also applies to men because the wife of noble character is somebody who is living according to the way of lady wisdom. Does that make sense? Yep. It does. I just started reading that and was like, you know. Because if it just applies to the woman, then the man's going to rise up and go, come to bed already. Right. Did that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's a bad joke. In case you want to know about her credentials, she has a Master's of Divinity. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I think I've heard that. I think I've heard that interpretation as well. That exegesis or interpret. Yeah, yeah. I just I my <clears throat> when I first heard that when I was in seminary, my mind was kind of blown, and it took me a long time to wrap my head around like well, how can that be? Like you just you just assume yeah. that it's like a good woman, a good wife, your whole life. And so to be like, no, 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 that's a metaphor is kind of like <laughs> for me, the first time somebody told me that the dispensational rapture was not biblical. And it's like, but I've read all the books, like, you know, <laughs> I and, read the left and behind the books series. that I'm what talking, talking about, you know, the books that I'm talking about are not Thessalonians and <laughs> <in> revelation. <laughs> Those are not the books that I got the rapture out of. But, you know, like your brain has just been so conditioned to interpreting scripture in this one way that to be told like, no, 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 that's not that that idea of the rapture. Like, yes, Jesus will come back in glory Mm -hmm. in a visible way. But the way that the left behind books and there was an older series that was like three books that I would never be able to track down unless my mom still has them on her bookshelves. There was a bunch I think there of there were really, a bunch of there was a bunch of stuff times, like that back rapture, in the 80s, sort of. 90s. Yeah, it was big, yeah, for big me, deal. Yeah, it would have been late 80s, early 90s. I well met there was a, oh man, there was a really what was the really popular movie back in the 80s? You would have been you and I are old enough to remember it. Thief in the Night. Do you remember Thief in the Night? Mm-mm. Oh, was it Christian? I, yeah, oh, it was all about. It was all we about. We weren't super like into end Christian of, culture. No, but the funny part is, is I met the uh, filmmakers for that one. Like mm. long, like later. I mean, probably ten years ago, I met the guy who funded it and one of the gals who produced it. And mm. <clears throat> I won't say who they are, but apparently they, uh, they at the time they had a burning desire to do that kind of stuff. But now 
They don't regret it, but they're like, yeah, it's quite so. Okay, speaking of, this is bringing several conversations together. I like it. Speaking of, Kirk Cameron did Left Behind, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. So Candace Cameron, have you heard about her whole family picture? No, not family picture controversy. That was also apparently people thought that. Yes, I remember the. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there was she had a she posted a picture of her and her husband like standing on a bridge, and he had his hand on her boob, her breast. And people were like super outraged and she totally doubled down and was like, we are a happily married couple. This is totally appropriate. It's fun to have fun as a couple. And I, I actually, you know, I see her on social media Mm -hmm. glimpses of her sometimes and I'm like, hokey like your brother did the left behind series you know (laughs) but her doubling down on that Uh, i like my respect for her went way up like like she the the crazy thing was the people who were going after her would have no problem with like miley cyrus and you know or jennifer lopez in the super bowl they no problem with that but then husband's hand is just over her shoulder down on her breast in just this cheeky, funny, cute, long-time married to couple. get a full house if you don't have that kind of right? <laughs> physical relationship? Good one. Good one. Um, but <laughs> I just thought... Everyone you know, groaning on the, on, the, on the headphones. He's right. Just now. Um, I had one more thing. One last thing to talk about. What time is it? I've had a lot Are of people done? tell me they're getting off the uh, social media... One of our biggest yeah. fans, I'm going to call him out again because it made him feel special. He said he's, he met famous people. And I called him out on the Paul. I called him out on the last show. And he's like, I've met famous, but man, it feels really cool to have your name. Meant so okay. Paul again told me today, he's like, I'm getting off the Facebook. I'm parting, I'm parting ways with almost everything because it's just, I actually heard a news story. He told me something new today that I hadn't heard, but I don't remember what it was. It was another one of the, you know, another one of the big corporations saying we're not going to do do this with you Christians. Yeah. You know, it's only a matter of time. So, um, you know, anyway, a lot of people have been telling me that. Yeah. Candace, she get off the internet. She's, no, she's on Instagram. I don't know. This is how these people make their money too. They stay in the limelight. Yeah. And they, you know, they get sponsored posts and stuff. But even you can't win. Cause even Chris, uh, got into the galaxy. Pratt. Pratt. Even Chris Pratt, who's, for all intents and purposes, doesn't say much about his faith, doesn't yeah. throw down people's throats. Cancel he's culture super successful. Come to him. He's super successful. He still got, yeah, caught up in cancel culture. Yeah. You know, the nice thing with him is he, he hasn't backed down and he hasn't been canceled. Yeah. So far. Who, yeah. People are weird and hard. We have a shirt. People are weird. And mugs. And we mugs. Have we have mugs shirt too. and mugs. Yeah. We tried printing them on pens, you guys, but we can only get one line of text on a pen. So we just haven't done any pens. We could do like text speak. PPL, number, letter R, WRD. Pa, I think it's like PAWA. N. P-A-W. No, we'd have to do it A-H. longer than that. Anyway. Um, yeah, people are weird and hard pens would be fun though. Why does Elise have a square of acoustic foam? foam? Because she took it out of my it's studio somewhere. Super That's special. what kids do. So what was the last thing you wanted to mention? Um, I have a couple of minutes left. I've been mulling over good because I don't think I can make this a really deep, profound thought. Cool. Maybe I can toss it out to you and you can make it deep and profound. No, I've been mulling over why I really love the humor of certain people. And why I really am turned off by the humor of other people. And as I'm saying this out loud, I hope nobody evaluates my humor. <laughs> like I'm doing right now. Yeah. No, uh. I... <clears throat> no, I'm, I mean, what I mean by this is I think I started mulling this over watching the Slugs and Bugs kid show. So if you guys don't know... Randall Goodgame is buddies with Andrew Peterson, and years ago, he and Andrew Peterson wrote a a couple of silly kid songs. Some were Christian, some were just silly things that they probably made up to their kids and then decided to record. And one of the 
main songs on their original track was God made slugs and bugs and rats and bats and birds and bees and rocks and trees and all these things. And then the the, the chorus is, but God made me and he made the seas. And anyway, so God made me and God loves me um, is kind of the punchline of that song. But then they turned, they turned the, um, they created a group called Slugs and Bugs. And then Andrew Peterson went off on his own path and became big in his own way. And Russell Goodgame, Randall Goodgame, kept kept plugging along with Slugs and Bugs. And he recorded several albums of scripture tunes. And then last year, not last year, that was 2020. In 2019, they released around Christmas a TV show set around some of the kids' shows. And we have we talked about this on here before? We I like so. it enough. I feel like we should have. But so it's it's kind of like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood or a Sesame Street style where you have puppets interacting with real people and there's one set. There's like three different scenes in one set and there's these puppets that have their person their personality quirks. And then they've crafted, I think brilliantly, the show around the some of the original songs that were written on some of the original albums and they all have really good spiritual points to them not moralistic therapeutic deism but actually like you know what do you do when you're afraid and the show is called afraid of bears that particular episode and they're pretending like they're camping and what some of the puppets are scared and Various characters come in, not various friends of Randall. There's um, a lot of Nashville, so they're in Nashville. cameos. Yeah, I mean, so like people Sally, from our Sally generation, Sally Lloyd Jones, right, Ginny Owens, yes, and you know, it's like these these ben people that Shive, were big. And, you know, some people were big when we were back in the day. Yeah, but I mean, still, people who are like Ellie Holcomb shows up in their Christmas right, one. She's big now. So yeah, she's big now. Um, Scott in our house, she's Hamilton big. is is that the Scott skater? Hamilton the the skater? Yeah, yeah, I grew up watching him skate. Right, but the funny thing is, is they introduce him to somebody and she kept saying like, oh, I loved you in Star Wars. And he's like, no, that was Scott Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Anyway, like she mistakes him for several different people. Oh, I loved your show, Hamilton. Like, I, you know, and he's like, that wasn't me either. <laughs> and finally he just lets it go. But the the thing that I, I think what made me start <clears throat> thinking about this is when you get someone like Scott Hamilton to have somebody making fun of your name and, you know, what you're known for and to just laugh along with the joke takes an incredible amount of humility. And all of these characters, they really embody that do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. For example, Randall's wife is this running gag. Her name's Amy. And she probably plays five or six different characters on the show. So she comes in and they all she all has they all have different accents. Like there's Olga, a doctor who immigrated from Eastern Europe, and <laughs> she wears a different hat and it talks in a different accent. She's I can't Carla, the post lady. With uh, North Dakota. Yeah, kind of a North Minnesota, Dakota real um East Coast sort of Boston thing. Is it North Dakota or East Coast? I don't know. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> It's pretty sad. There's a big difference between North Dakota and East Coast, but now that I'm thinking it, I can't tell the difference. It's either. kind of a blend. It's kind of a blend of <laughs> anyway. Both. It's a made-up accent, and she's really blunt, and just says funny things. And then she actually shows up as his wife Amy too. And it's funny because she'll ring the doorbell and come in three times in a row as different characters. Mm-hmm. But the amount of lack of self-regard in a good way that it takes to just throw yourself into a role that's that silly just i find very attractive mm. as opposed to and even when you watch the behold the lamb of god show which you can't watch now you can just watch it live for like a month around christmas but some of the ways that they these people who are doing this beautiful music in the first part talk about themselves is it's not self-effacing, but it's yeah. they don't think they they don't think more highly of themselves than they ought, and so they're able to find great humor in things that become genuinely funny. But um, 
it's was, almost like in an edifying way. Yeah. It's almost like one of those things where it's sort of like, I don't know if you can call it like the Captain or the Peter Pan like concept, but remember in the original hook with Robin Williams uh, and really. the movie comes in and Robin who used to be Peter Pan is now an old man living in suburbia. He'd become old and lost some of the fun sort of silliness he used to have, mm-hmm. you know, and like, or, or some of the, the innocence that he used to have, you know, he, you know, the whole world, the whole concept was just, was, there was a lot of silliness. There was fun, there was joy and it wasn't anything to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And he kind of came and he, you know, we lose that as we get older, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things become, you know, less, um, they don't become as fun or ridiculous. And I think, you know, I'm, Kids really help keep you silly, uh, at least for me. Kids really help keep you silly. Even um, if you don't know what you're silly and they're laughing hysterically they're laugh- about. Yeah. You know, kids are a great, a great tool there. And I, I think of, um, of uh, lead singer for the Foo Fighters. My mind is blanking right now. Um, Dave Grohl played drums for Nirvana. That man is, <clears throat> I don't know what he's like in person, but everything I see from him, he is, he's a little bit silly ridiculous doesn't think more highly of himself that he's ought super super down to earth and and you know some of his stuff can probably interpret as self-effacing but he's got such a great sense of humor now he has Mm. like four kids too so maybe that plays a role Mm. but he's not you know he doesn't he's not like a lot of adults you know who are just you know sticks in the mud for lack of a better word you know or i mean for me the contrast of this type of humor that is genuinely fun and edifying is like a John Oliver or a Trevor Noah mm-hmm. where I, they're so pompous. I mean, partly I don't like them because I disagree with things they say, but I, I disagree with things they say because I think they speak in half truths um, and don't fairly, they skewer unfairly people and positions. And so they, they, they're not truthful but they also are just mean. Like their entire humor is cutting and mean. There's no, like, what? What's the Jimmy? Not Jimmy Kimmel. The other Jimmy, Fallon. Fallon. Yeah. So you know when he <clears throat> took over, whatever the name of the show that he Tonight took show. over is, he most of his humor was not mean. Was not political. It wasn't directed at anyone. And that's what made it such a fun show to watch. Is he's bringing people on for this unexpected ridiculous silliness and forcing people out of their comfort zones but he's so comfortable with that level of ridiculousness that he engages them and they have fun even as they're doing the Mm, most ridiculous of things so to me you know this this category of political commentary humor is so harmful, firstly, because people think they're getting the truth. And secondly, because it gives them a sense of superiority because they're watching something where somebody is just being snide and mean and cutting while not presenting the other side's, you know, the other side fairly. And so that to me is like the worst of both worlds. It's not genuinely funny and edifying and it's not truthful. Political commentary should probably be saved for serious minded people, not people who think they're funny or people who think other people think are funny. But, um, but the contrast to me of this lighthearted edifying, not thinking of themselves more highly than they ought. That's, I guess it's just the best phrase I can come up for it to me is something to emulate or to try to, Mm -hmm. and also to commend to the kids because for me, I think I, tend i not i think i tend i know i tend to pride to spitefulness to looking down on other people and so i want to find myself drawn to the sort of humor that that we see not just in slugs and bugs but looking for it elsewhere as well yeah and to do it honestly rather than than as a cover for some sort of um you know feeling Making of a point yeah, making points. a point or feeling deficient or feeling insecure, mm-hmm. you know, you use yeah, it as a cover. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, I guess, th- yeah, I've thought about that kind too when I was thinking about this a while ago, is that so much sarcasm is 
um, cutting others down and therefore giving you a position of superiority over that person, mm-hmm. you know, either morally right. or, you know, intellectually, you feel better than that other person, even if you don't necessarily consciously think of yourself as doing that, you are doing that to the other person. And if not everybody around thinks it's funny, then maybe it's not the sort of humor that you should be pursuing. So friends, as we tell our kids, ask your heart questions. (laughs) What's motivating you in your heart, your desires that are making you do what you do. There you go. Hmm. There we go. Encouraging everyone to live better lives. And Jesus. Jesus will help. God in the Bible. (laughs) One Sunday school. (laughs) All right. Um, That's it for today. If you'd like to uh, follow us, please subscribe. If you liked this show, uh, please share it with your friends. If you enjoyed this episode, ask them to subscribe. Tell them how much you liked it, what you liked about it. You know, I mean, obviously you liked it, so you're sharing it. So uh, if you do love it, please give us consider giving us a, a rating on uh, your favorite podcast provider, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever you listen to your podcast on. We appreciate five stars. If we're only worth four, okay, cool. We get it. It's fine. It's all right. You know, I'll just go home and cry a little bit in my teeth. Um, but we like five. <laughs> trying to think of a comment about humor there, but I can't think yeah, of one. Okay. Uh, and you can, we have a swag shack. You can buy stuff on our store. I'm going to be working on some new, uh, designs here shortly. I have a hat that I really like. And, um, I had another idea for something here. Recently, but you should probably not be drumming your fingers on there. Yeah. That would drive, drive me nuts. So that said, um, I think that's it. You can reach us at too busy to flush.com Instagram too busy to flush. And you can email us at TB, the number two F TB two F at PM Papa Mike PM dot me TB two F at PM dot me you me. And uh, I think that's it. We'll be back hopefully next week. Mm-hmm. Cool. Have All right. Good week, guys. 